Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good lad. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Around 10 minutes into the second half of the Allianz League final yesterday, Teak Tough Mayo defender Porgo Hora decided he'd had enough of David Clifford's fancy stuff in the carry forward line. Clifford had already clipped over four points at this stage when the cameras picked out O'Hora, following his man on a bit of a walk, sledging him mercilessly while shoving him in the back for good measure. Clifford's response? To run his marker inside out for the rest of the game, laying on a couple of scores for teammates and kicking a further goal and two points himself. The best that could be said for Porgo Hora's approach in this case, you got to try something when you're marking David Clifford. You, you, know, you can't just stand there and let him kick points all day. Uh, but I'm afraid this particular approach might have backfired somewhat. Hey, Murph. Hey, Owen. How's it going? Welcome, everyone, to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. I was interested. Once I saw that, I thought, how's Clifford going? By the way, the ref booked both players uh, for, for that. Uh, now, there, there must have been something beforehand. Apparently, Clifford was mouthing at one of the Mayo players who was injured at the time or something along those mm. lines. But it does strike me sometimes that referees take the easy way out when there's any sort of a scuffle by just giving a yellow card to two players when oftentimes, even if you look at... Even if you analyse why... Why would Clifford want to be getting this involved with Porgo? Like, it looked to me, certainly on, on TV, that David Clifford is sp- trying to walk away for about a minute as this guy mm. just keeps running after him, pushing him, mouthing at him and all that kind of stuff and the odd time giving some back. But they both got a yellow card. I mean, that was that. Then the first time after after that, that Clifford got the ball, I started looking at him even more closely. It's kind of impossible not to look at David Clifford closely when he's playing a game of Gaelic football. But the first thing he did was, was win a ball and unselfishly lay it off to a teammate in a better position, which was a bit disappointing. Mm, yeah, but... That's not what I paid my money for, David. Exactly, yeah. I want to see you take this guy. But then from then on, he decided he's going to make life very difficult for mm. Borgo Hora. Anytime he could take him on one-on-one, he, he, he eyed him up, he went for it. And it tended to do some damage, especially for the goal towards the end when he took him on, on the left and yeah. just, oh, Hora could barely lay a glove on him and then finishes it with his right foot. So amazing stuff by Kerry Murphy. Amazing stuff by David Clifford. It really Paul was. Borgo Hora. We'll, we'll, we'll regroup. He seems like a tough guy, so he'll be back. Yeah. I mean, not every day is going to be like that, Porik. Uh, I think it's fair. It's 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 fair to assume. I mean, the f- the first point that you referenced there that he got, or did literally nothing wrong. I mean, there were a couple of other occasions where you could say, well, you know, 
foul him. <laughs> but like, there, you know, there's not a lot you can do with a guy that good. You know, like if you, the the point he scored, kind of in the immediate aftermath of the the verbals and the sledging and the few pushes in the back and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, you know, even at inter county level. You, if you give that shot to most guys, they're, it's not the worst decision in the world. But it actually is with Clifford. Like, you have to expect that he's, if he's decided he's going to shoot, you know, you have to just presume that he's going to put it over the bar. Like, that's, yeah. that's how good this guy is. Th- so. there, there was a moment in the first half where I think Ahura had gone forward and therefore somebody else had had to fill in and momentarily mark David Clifford. Yeah, Michael Clifford Lucas, just, yeah. Yeah, Clifford just gave that guy the old handoff, which he loves the, the old rugby style handoff, which he's very good yeah. at, and and just pings it over the bar. I didn't see, I didn't see him, I didn't see anyone else, uh, you know, putting their hand up for the task for the rest of the seventy yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was just, it just was, superb. it was a privilege to be there yesterday. I have to say, on it was yeah, just I saw a nice he, photo of you behind, behind. It, you weren't alone, fo- on. <laughs> you weren't alone yet again. You were picked I up by the cameras. I attend a sporting event, and yet again, my phone starts beeping incessantly uh, at. Uh, a specific date or at a specific time in the game and I usually know what that means if it's not you know in the immediate aftermath of David Clifford's goal if nothing in the game has happened and yet my phone beeps incessantly then I usually I know what's coming now I would have ah, to say come on in fairness you look good this time you look good this time the, the last time you looked like a complete weirdo at the in your rain mac at that was it was it like an orange flavored condom on that's what I looked like uh, in Roscommon uh, while yeah. getting completely drowned at the Connacht semi final last this year. This time you look um, like you look like it was just a very studious Gaelic football man in there. You're mm. sort of in the shot I saw directly behind the Mayo management team. So no, you were looking. No, yeah. So well, well done, Digger. Well, thanks very much. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep that up. Like every GA game I now go to, I have to like have a studied look on my face for the entire time that I think the cameras are rolling. Uh, so I'm not going to say that there isn't going to be another embarrassing moment of me, you know, lifting my shirt up, uh, celebrating a Galway goal like uh, Fabrizio Ravanelli. I mean, yeah, I haven't done that, but I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying there's a chance that, that I might break that out at some stage and the TV cameras may well pick me up. And if that happens, well, I'll, I'll just apologise now in advance. But once I took my seat, I did realise that there was a slim chance that that was going to happen because I was, you know, three feet right from there. the front of yeah. the, from the, the dugout. And you do get, you do get a pretty interesting uh, insight. Um, James Horne left, was left completely alone by his selectors. There was a little bit of a row brewing about whether the, his selectors were allowed out, out onto the sideline. And they, they came out for the second half and they were down there. Uh, but... Uh, in the first half, they were uh, kind of sitting on the the opposite row to me, um, and it was just interesting to watch Horn like left completely alone. And maybe this wouldn't have struck me quite so forcefully if I hadn't been watching Galway Ross Common and had been positioned directly in front of the Ross Common management team, uh, because they kept up literally a non-stop uh, chat chatter throughout the game, and much of it revolved around Connor Cox. Uh, the Roscommon corner forward, who managed to avoid getting taken off until I think like the 60th minute, which, <laughs> and Connor doesn't know this. This is the thing. I'm revealing it to the nation right now. Despite the fact from about 15 minutes in, him being taken off was like a constant, like hum of chatter around the Roscommon bench. Like literally every five minutes, it was like, will we take him? And then Connor Cox would <laughs> kick a point and he'd be like, oh, well, we better leave him now for another few minutes. So I was there with a couple of uh, friends of mine and I was like, I can't believe that Cox is still out there. I mean, he he doesn't even know. 
Uh, so that was actually a lot of fun. Uh, just, <laughs> just watching. See, it's not about how many points you kick; it's when you kick them on. When mm. you're a quarter forward, who's the who who looks likely to be taken off? You can buy yourself five or six minutes, maybe even ten or fifteen minutes, if you just kick the right point at the right time. And that's what Conor Cox did yesterday. That's interesting about Horan because hasn't he in the past been criticised when Mayo have lost big games of not being proactive enough in the sideline and talking too much to you know there's there's these big sort of uh, big group chats between himself mm. and selectors rather than just go and make the decision. Whereas so maybe he I don't know has he consciously gone another way or whatever it might be or maybe you're just overanalyzing a very small element of the match because you happen to be there sitting directly I kind of feel like you know the the um, uh, political pundit who uh, travels from outside the beltway to go to the you know the Iowa uh, caucus yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and talk to three people in a coffee shop and decide yes this is what the state of Iowa uh, is really head up about. Uh, the fact of the matter is, it was happening directly in front of me. Of course, on this being male, there has been talk that, yes, James Warren doesn't talk enough to his selectors, or that, indeed, James Warren talks too much to his selectors, or that three or more of his selectors at various stages have not talked to James Warren for six to eight months. So <laughs> I would say that the truth perhaps lies somewhere in the middle there. Funny enough, there was a, a notable shot of the Kerry bench at the end and we'll stop analysing the body language of the various <laughs> management teams but Mike Quirk is in there now our old, our old friend Mike yeah. Quirk and he managed to crack some gag that got a, a fair old smile out of Jack O'Connor not not one of the world's more mm. uh, you know laugh out loud kind of characters but even he was this might be seen now as, as, a, as a slight by the Mayo people when they mm. eventually beat like Nicky English Kerry laughing the at the Clare Hurlers in the yeah, but, but Jack O'Connor was having, having a great time by his standards as well he might Murph this Kerry team is absolutely brilliant uh, certainly going forward they're brilliant and the, any defensive issues weren't really exposed yesterday by a poor enough Mayo team so you're going to have to say you're going to have to start answering this for me, for me soon. Why isn't this Mayo, uh, this Kerry team winning all Ireland's yet? Because really, they should be. What, oh, what's holding them If they don't win it back? this year, if they don't win it this year, oh yeah. man, it's going to be, it, 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 like, it would be a disaster for Kerry if they don't win the Ireland this year. Because there's, no one's at their level, really. You know, I mean, Tyrone beat them last week, sure, in a game, in a dead rubber for Kerry that Tyrone had to win to ensure that they didn't get relegated. So, sure, fine. But, I mean... You know, they like they ha- at the moment they have it all, but they also have like you can't get away from Clifford. You can't. You, th- this is the thing we underrated how good David Clifford would be, and we've been talking about him since he was sixteen years old. Yeah, and like that's it. You know, like with, to not win an All Ireland when you have David Clifford and you're not starting in Division Four is it's already a, d- a disgrace as far as Kerry are concerned that he's twenty three and he hasn't won an All Ireland because he's even better than we could have imagined or hoped for. And I mean, I'm prepared to call it right now. He's the best footballer I've ever seen. So, I, I, honestly, I don't think it's even going to be close. I mean, we were talking about the, you know, the the good wall. Uh, we uh, reincarnated it for the live shows and all the rest. And yeah. it, it has been interesting to me that you know, no Gaelic footballer stayed up there for any real length of time. You know, Colin Cooper was up, I think, a couple of times. Was Pat Spillan brought in once? Uh, Jack O'Shea, I think he may maybe well have been. Once. Jack O'Shea was definitely brought in at some stage. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But no consensus really has has gathered around who the greatest Gaelic footballer of all time was. Sean Purcell, Mick O'Connell, Pat Spillane. Still, there's not really in the way that you know Christy Ring was head and shoulders above everyone else, and now maybe Shefflin is on that kind of Mount Rushmore with him. Clifford will be that. Clifford will be the undisputed best Gaelic footballer of all time. Um, and I, you know, there's I, I like. He's just insanely good. 
he's as Colm O'Rourke said on, on the telly last night he's redefining the possible in Gaelic football um, so I mean the idea that they don't win the Ireland this year would what be such a bottle What does that mean, redefine the possible? I saw Colin O'Rourke say that and I thought, yeah, I think he's right, but I don't entirely know what he means. I just know David Clifford's really good at picking off scores from yeah. any range and, 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 and making things look easy. Um, you know, I think what that means is that, like, you know, in the general realm of events, you can stop guys or you can push them into sh- shots from bad areas or even maybe more generally, guys that skillful aren't six foot three. You know they're yes. usually closer to five foot three, and that's like the the only guys that are comparable to Clifford skill wise are Canavan and Colm Cooper, and like they probably weigh combined what David Clifford weighs. You know, <laughs> and, that, and that, like that's that's what redefining a sport is. Guys that big can't be that good, and yet he is. Um, so yeah, I mean we we've we'll have Ushie and, and Paul on the world uh, Paulson on the world service tomorrow. We will, Murph. Thanks for doing the promo bit for me there. Yeah, um, because obviously there are a lot of questions around Mayo, even with all of their absentees. A lot of questions around Galway after losing the uh, Division 2 final as painfully Mm. as they did to Roscommon. And you are scratching around for people who who are going to give this Kerry team a game if if they can keep that sort of level going because uh, for all the Clifford was brilliant, um, but I was really impressed, really impressed by Adrian Spillane and Dara Moynihan and they're kind of two two of the types of players that Kerry absolutely need playing at wing forward, but working everywhere. Uh, Jack Barry did a brilliant job on Maddie Ruan, who had been the undisputed, undisputed best midfielder in the country all all during the league. Like Kerry people uh, talking about all, the, all of these weaknesses that we have at midfield. Um, and I can't see it at all. I mean, I think Jack Barry and Jeremy O'Connor is an exceptional young footballer. I think he, ha- he has it all as well. Um, if that's a problem area, they don't have too many problems. Uh, the goalkeeper was good. Uh, Mayo are the best team in the country at pressing the kickout. They failed really to put any sort of pressure on the Kerry kickout. So there were there may have been questions that Kerry people were asking themselves. It wasn't you know they 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 know they have Clifford. They know they have this brilliant player, but they also had a couple of weaknesses or perceived weaknesses, uh, and they might have been looking at that game yesterday as a potential. A game where they could find some answers to those questions, and any answers yeah. they got yesterday were very, very positive. Yeah, no, I was, I was impressed. They're just, they're great to watch. Like it's a nice, it is a nice type of football. Um, I suppose mm. we'll have to see what happens in the championship. We'll talk to Ushin and Paul as you mentioned about that tomorrow, Murph. We're also going to be, well, there's a lot of big stuff going on this week. Champions League week, obviously quarterfinals. U.S. Masters is on, so lots of live sport to keep us going. Secondcaptains.com, five euro a month. Plus VAT if you want to sign up. By the way, while I have you here, could you please, please keep buying tickets for the making of Where Is George Gibney for 1 and 4. This is a big event happening on April 20th with all proceeds going to that amazing charity who provide counselling for adult survivors of child sexual abuse. It's in the National Concert Hall in Dublin and we want to fill the NCH for 1 and 4. We've made a good dent in ticket sales in the last week and thanks so much to everyone who has bought one in the last while or at all for that matter. But we've plenty more we need to sell. So please get to secondcaptains.com or nch.ie and buy a couple of tickets that's all we're asking Murph we're you know just a ticket for yourself and you'll probably want to well, you can go by yourself or bring mm. somebody along and if, if a lot of people can buy buy ones and twos then we're a long way there you know uh, Mark Horgan has personally tasked me with selling 10 tickets it's pure oh. GA club lotto uh, efforts now <laughs> I have to sell 10 tickets personally 
or I I don't know. Mark will you visit lose a friend misfortune. Upon, yeah, there will be some <laughs> misfortune visited upon me. So uh, I mean, if anyone out there wants to contact me as they're buying them, I mean, I don't know if Mark's going to accept that, but I will. You know, no, just no, 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 no. Let's bring it my way. Promoting it on the podcast, and you're gonna, you're, you have to mine some other source there, Murph, of potential ticket buyers. But as we're saying, it's all for an amazing cause, and who knows, it may be the end of uh, friendship here between Mark and Murph. But that, you don't, don't want, want to that. do that. Come on, no, we want tickets to be bought. All the makers of podcasts are going to be there, as well as the likes of Johnny Watterson, Gary O'Toole, and Trish Carney. Also, some of our members who are based outside of Ireland, believe it or not, have bought tickets themselves. They made this incredibly kind gesture of buying tickets to support One and Four and making them available to members who mightn't be able to afford them right now. These tickets cost €40 Euro a pop. So if you'd like to go but can't afford a ticket, drop us a mail to editor at secondcaptains.com or if you're outside of the country but would like to show your support, you can book a ticket or two and email your confirmation to us at editor at secondcaptains.com. We can then make sure they find a good home. This is a, a lovely That's organic an thing that's to happen. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, really good. So once again, thank you for your generosity and please do support this great cause if you can. And we'll fill the NCH for one in four. Our members last week would have heard a really good chat between Jamie Wall and Maliki Clerkin teeing up the league final in the hurling murph between Waterford and Cork. And it's having watched the game, it seems as though Waterford have had a pretty perfect knockout stage knockout stages of the league given that they banged in a load of goals, five goals against Wexford in the semi-final. Having their star player Austin Gleeson sent off mightn't seem like a great thing, but as Maliki and Jamie outlined, it might be good long term in that clearly there's a message being sent out by management. They didn't go to bat for him. They didn't, they didn't appeal it or anything like that. It was sort of like suck it up, Austin, and don't do anything as silly as that in the championship. So he has to cool his heels and then watch the team play unbelievably well without him. So presumably he's going to be super motivated. They score another four goals, including two, two goals and 11 points by Stephen Bennett against Cork in the final. Good stuff. Yeah. Nostradamus called it uh, pretty much uh, spot on. <laughs> yeah, JB Wall was uh, fearful for Cork, and with good reason, as it turned out. Waterford were just were just a bit better than Cork in every section of the game, in every ten, in every area of the team, and in every section of the game. Waterford were just a bit better than Cork, and that translates into actually a bit of a. You know, debilitating defeat for Cork two weeks out from the start of the Munster Championship. I mean, Waterford were so good, mm. and th- that real um, uh, thing that Malachy and Jamie were talking about last week, very much a Liam Cahill type thing, uh, where his teams go for goals all the time. Waterford just went for goals and went for the juggler time and time again on Saturday evening, and every time they needed a goal, they were able to get it. Uh, and uh, Bennett's obviously just completely playing out of his skin at the moment, but everything is going so well for Waterford. Um, and when it's when it's a county like Waterford, what that means is just complete wailing and you know counterintuitive wailing and gnashing of teeth that a we've played all of our best hurling before the championship has even begun, or b it's just a setup for like an, an even more humiliating fall fall from grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment. It literally couldn't be going any better for Waterford. No, everything the, the, the way the lads spelled it out, I didn't realise Liam Cal was quite so highly rated. The way they were talking about him, he's absolutely, he's just, he's just unbelievable. And the way that the 
um, that the analyst last night on RTE, Anthony mm. Daly and Liam Sheedy. Liam Sheedy was on. Yeah, they were talking about the coaches and that you could really see the imprint of the the coaches that, that they have in Watford, the backroom team there. It's really highly rated as well. That it was it's really clear the type of herding they're trying to play and they've got a proper identity and know exactly what they want to do. Whether long term it's good enough to beat Limerick in the championship, which is going to be the ultimate question, who knows? But they couldn't be in a much better place going into it anyway. Exactly. And Watford could play it to the absolute limit of their ability and it might not it's might still not be enough to beat Limerick. Um but the gap between Waterford's ceiling and Limerick's ceiling is a lot, lot narrower than it was even at the end of la- of last season. Waterford have just they just keep adding players. Uh you know, you see Ty de Borca going into going back to uh back into the team at centre back and just playing out of his skin, like just so dominant. Um so much leadership, so much composure on the ball. Uh, Caelan Lyons coming back into the team for Austin Gleeson last week. Team doesn't miss a beat, missing, you know, the one of the most talented uh, hurlers in the country for all of his foibles mm-hmm. and faults. And that's the, re- you know, that's the really energising thing from a Waterford supporter's uh, perspective. It's not on Austin Gleeson or it's not all on Ken McGrath or John Milan or Dan Shanahan or, you know, the sort of the, the laundry list of flawed but extremely charismatic and unbelievably gifted hurlers that they've all that they've brought through in the last 20 years like they have that but they also have 21 or 22 guys like I was so impressed by Neil Montgomery and Patrick Kern uh, on Saturday evening two guys who've kind of flitted around the team and have shown great promise and then have had poor games and not so uh, great games they were excellent in a national final which is going to be huge for, for those guys so it's all bubbling along so well I mean, I, you know, the that's the, the only problem is that it's go, it's all going too well. That's the, literally the only concern. But honestly, uh, yeah, I'd sooner. I don't think I'd. I'd. I'd I don't know. Listen, I've Waterford. What do I know about being a Waterford hurling fan? But I would have thought it. I'd sooner be playing well and showing signs of what you can do over the championship than being in Cork's position today. Put it that oh, way. Of course, and you know when you're Waterford you know national titles are not that common so you go and you win them and uh you celebrate them uh but then you also realize Tipperary are coming to Walsh Park I mean on 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 form Watford should win that by 10 points 10 clear points they should beat Tipperary by um and so that's the challenge if they go ahead and beat Tipperary in that game then they're off to a brilliant start they've won their first game uh Cork and Limerick are playing like 2 hours after that game throws in uh, on Sunday week if if Limerick go and beat Cork in Cork then immediately Waterford are in a very very strong position so you uh, you know to for Waterford and Limerick to go on as the form guy would suggest and finish 1-2 and two in Munster so they have to win that first game so for all the celebrations that happens and all the rest I mean it, it the season does still it boils down to the next four of like five weeks and it's it's a re- like that alone really clarifies things for Waterford if they win that game on Sunday week at home against Tipperary obviously with a completely packed out Walsh Park full of uh, extremely confident Waterford fans who are not afraid to make themselves heard I mean that's going to be a lot of fun but Waterford can't even countenance losing that game they can't Is David Clifford already the greatest Gaelic footballer of all time as Murph has put out today I'm going to put that to Paul Flayton and Oshima Conville on tomorrow's podcast thanks Kieran. Thank you Owen Thanks so much for listening. Talk tomorrow, if you're a World Service member, of course. (laughs) What is that? That's the second time it's gone off.
never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.